Hey Outlaws, today I am so excited, as I always say, to bring you not just one, but two really special guests. Today we are joined by Jenna Teague and Brie Bird. Jenna and Brie have a training and certification program designed to raise awareness among entrepreneurs and employers of their blind spots and biases around the LGBTQIA community. Equip them with the knowledge, language, and actionable steps to make their spaces more inclusive and help them step into leadership as proactive allies. Today, we're going to be exploring why being an ally is a proactive practice, why true leadership includes allyship, what practicing inclusivity towards the LGBTQIA community really looks like. But let me tell you a little bit about Jenna and Brie. Jenna Teague is a business strategist, queer-identified psychotherapist, and professional co-creator. For the past 15 years, she's been helping clients dream bigger and execute their big visions, from her thriving private therapy, therapy practice to partnering with coaching industry leaders to achieve their first wildly successful launches. Jenna is a multi-tool for your life and business. She holds a master's degree in psychology from Boston University, two years of additional training in clinical psychology from the Massachusetts School for Professional Psychology, and a certification in holistic health coaching from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She's also supported over 100 women coaches in filling their one-to-one coaching practices and launching membership sites, masterminds, and their first group coaching programs. Jenna is her giddiest when spending time at the ocean, playing with her pup Riley, and geeking out on the thrill of collaborating to come up with the perfect program name or suite of offerings. Brie is a certified quantum coach who serves women and the LGBTQIA plus community. She believes healing is collaborative, cellular, and communal. As a quantum coach and cellular release therapy facilitator, Brie uses a combination of tools to assist you in your journey. Through deep trauma clearing, you will release the energetic charge held in the body and be able to see your unconscious patterns more clearly. Brie uses empowerment coaching to help you develop a sense of self-worth and guide you in building the life of your dreams. Her mission is to help queer folks heal from trauma not only on an individual level, but on a community level, educating families and allies along the way so that future generations can thrive. I am really looking forward to sitting down today and chatting with both Jenna and Brie, learning more about their training and their certification program, because this is such an important conversation. So let's get started. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. 
We're here to meet you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry so that we can create our own versions of success and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller and outlaw mentor with a nose for the bullshit. I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions because overthinking is a feminist issue. The antidote, your intuition. So get ready as each week we have the messy, honest, and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business on your own terms, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Jenna Bree, welcome to Entrepreneurial Outlaws. It's so great to have you on the show today. So excited to be here. Thank you so much. I have taken some time to introduce you both. And I was just saying, your bios are both incredible, absolutely amazing. And I am so in awe of the incredible work that you are doing. And I'm really looking forward to sitting down and having this conversation with you and learning more about the training that you've put together, the program that you've created, and continuing to recognize and understand the importance of allyship within entrepreneurship and employed settings. Um, but I really want to just dive in. I think that I want to kind of sit back like a listener and listen into what it is that you're both going to share with us today. So Jenna, could you start by telling us a bit about why you decided to collaborate and create this training and program? Yes, absolutely. So um, one of the things that I do outside of this work is I co-facilitate training in the Quantum Coaching Academy, which is a coaching certification program. And we had decided within that program that we needed an LGBTQ plus allyship training. And I had been wanting to do that for a very long time. And at the time that we started putting it together, Brie was one of the students in the program. And she is incredible, as you already know from just her bio. Um, And, you know, she specializes in working with uh, the queer community. So as soon as we started thinking about putting this training together for the coaching academy, immediately I was like, we have to ask Brie. Brie has to be involved with this. And then, you know, Brie and I spent a lot of time preparing the initial version of this training and delivering it within the coaching academy. And it was such a it was such a rich process for me because even though I identify as queer um, and gender fluid, you know, I learned so much through the research that we did to put this training together. I learned so much about queer history, pieces that I didn't know, um, some of the legal situations that still face the queer community today. And, um, we got such an incredible response from the first training and people were so, um, 
you know, invested and interested that it just seemed like a no brainer to us to continue to spread this information and this message about proactive allyship as far as we can spread it, honestly. I love that. I love the fact that it came from, it came from starting the process and then just evolved into something else. Um, And presumably, by the sounds of it, it evolved into something bigger than maybe what you had expected as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when we started working together, we thought it was going to be a, you know, 60 to 90 minute training that we would deliver once in one setting. And we've already delivered it another time beyond that. And we have another talk lined up. So, I mean, we've already reached, you know, multiple times the number of people that we thought we would ever reach with this message. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Amazing. I love that. So you have said that being an ally is a proactive practice. I mentioned this in the intro, that that's something that we're going to be talking about today. Brie, could you tell us more about what that looks like specifically in an entrepreneurial setting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think when we're talking about proactive allyship, especially as an entrepreneur, we're really talking about shifting from inclusive to affirming. And so when I think of inclusive spaces, it's inclusive is not excluding anyone. So it's basically saying like, yes, you can sit with us. Um, But it's keeping queer folks as the other, the different than quote unquote, not normal. Whereas when we're creating affirming spaces, it's accepting and confirming the, the validity of queerness. It's saying, I really see you and you are just as valid and you're just as normal as I am. And we want you here. And I think that's really what we're inviting allies to do is to stop making queer folks the, the other and really mm-hmm. create those spaces where everyone is valid. Yeah. And I, I would even the- take that a step Sorry. further to queer empowerment. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, where, where we can actually be um, empowered just as much as any sort of non-marginalized group is empowered. And um, that's what I hope for as the ultimate result of this work. I really love that. I love the fact that you touched on um, in- inclusive spaces or safe spaces because... I know that this is something that has been incredibly weaponized, um, especially in online business and in entrepreneurship, the idea of creating a safe space and safe spaces that are not actually safe. So shifting from the idea of safe and inclusive to affirming, that feels really transformative. It gives me a way of describing something that I'm trying to achieve. And I really love that you've shared that because I think that's so powerful for everybody listening who has a community and who is trying to do, who is trying to create an ethical business and create an inclusive business and create a business that is as safe as they can make it for all people. And I think being able to change that language from the language we've been given to something that, as you said, Jenna, is empowering. And, and as you said, Brie, doesn't, 
kind of have anybody sitting outside of the table. Um, I really love that. I really think that's something that we can all sit with and think about and use. Um, I did want to ask, so something you just mentioned about queer empowerment, I was wondering what, what does that look like? How do you, how do you see that within communities? Um, I think one benchmark is that if we are able to reach a level of affirming and empowering spaces, then there are no need for safe spaces. Because if we're affirmed and empowered, we are not fundamentally unsafe. Yeah. And in need of safe havens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, this may be a kind of odd example, but I think of um, the people who might say, you know, I'm okay with queer people uh, as long as they don't push their agenda on me. And I want allies who push a queer agenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where a queer agenda is not a bad thing. Yeah. Just like any group is allowed to have their own agenda and their own needs and their own desires for policies and treatment that empowers them. Like, yeah, get on the queer agenda. (laughs) Yeah. I'm already sitting here thinking I have so many things to to think about in terms of the way I'm running my business, but I want to keep going and I want to kind of see where we end up. Um, because I feel like within our communities that, you know, and within our businesses, leadership can be so incredibly transformative in the online space, in an entrepreneurial setting especially, because many business owners have left the corporate world, myself included, where they have maybe felt in less, less, they have had less control. They maybe feel undervalued and they see feelings within leadership. Um, and when we're talking about leadership in entre- as entrepreneurs, Jenna, where do you see allyship fitting into these roles? And what are some of the common blind spots that we have when hiring and outsourcing and leading a team? That's such a great question. Um, I think allyship uh, should be and will be the default. Mm. Where, Where I hope we're headed is a point where, of course, everyone is going to be an ally to the queer community. And everyone is going to be a proactive ally. And I think some of the blind spots uh, when it comes to hiring and building a team uh, around allyship are similar to the blind spots that we have generally when hiring and building and leading a team, which are um, oftentimes as entrepreneurs and even within corporate settings, the person doing the hiring tends to gravitate toward people that operate in the way that they do, that work in the way that they do, that have similar worldviews to their own worldview, um, that they feel that immediate sort of like that vibe with, that connection with, that similarity. Um, Because they think if I get people who are on my vibe, who are on my wavelength, 
um, who think and work and act similarly to me, then we're going to be a wonderful, cohesive, beautiful team and a beautiful working partnership. And I think what people start to realize um, when they get into hiring and building a team is you actually need people to complement you, not to match you. Because if you have a variety of working styles, a variety of experiences, a variety of ages, perspectives, then that's what's going to cover and fill in the blind spots. And that's especially true when it comes to having a diverse team around queerness. Like if you, if you're, um, you know, a heterosexual cisgender person running a business, entrepreneur, hiring a team, and you hire all cisgender heterosexual people to work on your team, chances are, unless someone that you hire has really done the work of becoming a proactive ally, you will never know where your blind spots are around the LGBTQ plus community because you're not even in contact with it. And if that's the culture that you're creating within your own team, it's virtually guaranteed that that culture is going to be communicated to your potential clients through your marketing, through your messaging. Um, And the folks who need to hear affirming messaging can tell immediately when your messaging is not. Mm. Um, But you will miss that because you don't have a variety of perspectives on your team. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> the first, so the first, so I had this, I had this thought and then I was like, I'm not sure that's the right thought, but I'm going to go with it. Cause I want to learn as well. And I'm willing to make mistakes. And, and, and it was initially when you, you said that we gravitate, we, we do, we right. We, we gravitate towards coaches typically who, we appear who could appear to look like us and things like that. And I, I know that is, has not just been something that I have been aware of in, in, especially in entrepreneurship. It's something that has almost been taught to me, um, by, you know, coaches and, and, and other people. And at the same time, I'm, I'm seeing that being an ally is also, in leadership is also seeing that our blind spots can in some way be an an opportunity to bring other people into our team, as you said, who can different ages, gender, ethnicity can bring in other perspectives, as you said, that fills that out and it allows us to be challenged as leaders because to me I think leadership as well we need to be challenged as leaders absolutely Um, because we don't have all the answers and I feel like the only way well not the only way but one of the ways that we can grow as leaders is by being challenged and there's so many other layers also listening important but being challenged and being able to see where that is a blind spot for ourselves in that role yes and proactive allyship as a leader is not about doing things perfectly 
as you just said, you're willing to be imperfect. Proactive allyship as a leader is about setting an example, setting an example of learning, setting an example of growing, setting an example of vulnerability, of being wrong, of messing up and learning and course correcting. Because that's true leadership and that's true allyship. Absolutely. Yeah. Bree, have you got any other thoughts or anything you wanted to add? Because yeah. I would love to keep discussing. <laughs> I mean, just to echo what Jenna just said, and I think that's really something that we wanted to incorporate into the training was we aren't expecting you to be perfect. And we didn't create this training to go through and be like, hey, memorize these things and and then you'll be a great ally. It's really to open up the conversation and to make people aware of of queer history and the fact that we have always been here and Hey, take a look at the systems that are still making queer folks, the other ones, the different ones, and then really be willing to look at how you're perpetuating that. It's not an overnight, you're going to be a perfect ally. It's a lifelong process of willing, being willing to put yourself in different situations and mess up and be messy and keep growing. Part of allyship, as you said, is, 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 is you don't expect anybody to be perfect. I mean, we don't expect anybody to be perfect anyway. But I would presume if you go into anything expecting to be perfect, then it's it's almost more performative than it is as a leader. Because yeah. I feel like the expectation can't be to be perfect. That we know we're going to make mistakes. We know that we are, and we know that we're going to need to keep learning. Absolutely. And it can easily, like that can start as a a really well-intentioned thing of, I just don't want to say anything that's harmful or hurtful to anyone. And, and that's great. It's great that you care so much. And if you're not willing to be uncomfortable and ask questions when you don't know, then it is performative. Then it's just, I'm just going to add these pronouns in my bio because that's what everyone's doing, but I'm not going to ask why I'm doing that or really look deeper into it. Yeah. Performative allyship was was a phrase I had not heard until 2020. And I think a lot of people that I know in that year alone, for me, the way I describe it is like I was ripped open to to my blind spots, to the ways in which I was buying into these, quote, safe spaces, and they certainly were not affirming spaces. And the mistakes that perhaps I had made in, in my business and will continue to make, of course. But as I started to understand what performative allyship is, I realized that as someone of privilege, how easy it can be to find myself neglecting those commitments that I've made to my team, to my communities, to my clients, to my friends, peers. Brie, could you describe what practicing inclusivity towards the LGBTQIA plus community really looks like? Yeah. Um, I love this question. And it's so perfectly just continuing the conversation that we were just having because it really truly starts with the inner work and, Mm. and being willing to educate yourself. 
So I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of performative allyship and that just, I want to say the right things and do the right things. And sometimes it's well-intentioned and sometimes it's just because you care about what people think about you. And that's totally normal too. But being willing to sit with yourself and do your own research or join the trainings or just diversifying your community your team, your Instagram feed is a great place to start so that you can educate yourself and really take a look at at what you think is quote unquote quote unquote normal and how you're perpetuating that for other people. Because that's going yeah. to make all the difference between saying this is a safe space and queer folks coming in and being like, whoa, no, it's not. I'm the only queer person here. And it's very clear that I'm the other one. Mm-hmm. Or just creating the spaces and people feeling the warmth and the safety in it. Jenna, is there anything else you wanted to add? I, I kind of wanted to follow up on <clears throat> what you were saying earlier about the the perfectionism piece. Um, with performative allyship, like if you're just in the allyship game to collect your accolades, you know, to get your little props for participating in some Instagram campaign or, you know, having a post for Pride Month or, you know, sharing about Black Lives Matter, like that's that's not what proactive allyship is. And that is a sign, as Bree said, that one has probably not done the inner work. Yeah. Because when we do the inner work, we realize that allyship has nothing to do with garnering accolades for ourselves. It's about creating empowerment for others. And I would presume a lot of a, a lot of that, you know, as, as you said, a lot of that inner work is is done away. You know, it's done away from social media. It's it's not about uh, it's not about sharing it on social media. Or you know, of course, there is a way to share about what we're learning in an empowering way or in an, an affirming way, because you do it through the actions and leading as as a leadership and setting the example versus, as you said, you know, putting a pride flag up or a black square for Black Lives Matter. Um, do you see that being, I don't know if I'm explaining that <laughs> in the right way or in a way that even makes sense, but I feel like, that so much of this happens behind the scenes and that it is, it's not always, it's not something that we're putting out into the world as an obvious, here's a post about my allyship. It's a, it's about doing that in a work. It's about going behind the scenes and looking at those blind spots, looking at your team, looking at who you're hiring, looking at your communities, looking at each of those layers of your business, I would presume, and and seeing where 
you are not empowering or you're not affirming all people. Absolutely. You know, allyship is about action. And doing the inner work is taking action. Posting on Instagram about doing the inner work is not. So, like, and, and similarly, you know, if you change your marketing language to more inclusive language for the queer community, it's about doing that. And yes, maybe sharing about why you did it and why it's important to, to draw attention of other entrepreneurs, but not, as I said before, to like get the accolades for having done it. Yeah. Like it's about doing it and, and doing it being enough, even if no one notices, even if no one whose approval you're looking for notices, the people who need to need the changes that you've made will notice. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they will notice if it's just surface level changes. That's just for the accolades as well. Is there anything we haven't covered that either of you wanted to talk about, share, discuss, or explore? As someone who, you know, is is offering this allyship training for entrepreneurs and employers, I want to be really clear in saying, yes, I expect things from you. I... I want you to make certain changes. I I long for you to step into the role of a proactive ally. And also, I have endless empathy and compassion for where you are now. Mm. Wherever you're starting from, wherever your level of comfort or discomfort lies in this moment, whatever level of education you have around LGBTQ plus folks, whatever level of familiarity or interaction you have with our community, like you're welcome here. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an affirming space for people who want to learn and want to grow. I want to empower those people so that they can empower me and the people in my community. And my greatest hope and expectation is an open mind and an open heart and a willingness to learn not doing it perfectly, not never having made mistakes, just being open and willing to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think leads me nicely on to how can people learn more about the training and the certification program? Bree, do you want to talk about that? Yes. So it will be on my website and I can provide you that link, Melanie. Um, The page will be up today, actually, and we will be sharing more on both of our personal Instagrams. Uh, I'm at Pride and Joy Co. Or I'm at Pride and Joy Coach on Instagram and at Jenna And I'm at, yes. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we will make sure that's your Instagram handles and also your website is linked in the show notes and I encourage everyone listening to go and not just follow you both on Instagram but also take a look at the training take a certification program whether you're an entrepreneur or you happen to be employed or both and 
learn more and learn more from both Jenna and Brie as well because just I mean I've been scribbling down notes whilst you've both been talking um not just for the purpose of show notes but also for the purpose of things where phrases and language and ways in which I want to dig deeper into those areas as well um so I want to just thank you both so much for for coming on to today thank you so much can I add one thing just of course to add on to what Jenna was saying about we welcome all allies wherever you are in your journey I just want to say don't underestimate the difference that you can make for the queer community wherever you are um we were looking at statistics and we have a ton of great and recent information on queer kids and the struggles that they go through. And one of the ones that stood out to me the most was that suicide, suicidal thoughts, suicide rates in youth go down exponentially when they have just one safe person in their life. And I think that's, what I hold on to in every training is mm. like we just send out 31 safe spaces to go and touch all of these people that they'll come in contact with throughout their lifetime. So I know that it can be overwhelming, especially when you're completely unfamiliar with the queer community. And I just want to say it it matters. And thank you for being willing to even show up and do the inner work because it does matter so much. And as online entrepreneurs, like you might be that safe space for a queer kid out there. You might be the one person in their life online, right? Like, yeah. Think about the reach that we can have as proactive allies, you know, in our, in our presence as business owners, it's, there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. Especially as you say, as entrepreneurs, but also, you know, as content creators and, and the way in which content is consumed and yes, the, the age that we are now, or we see people consuming content younger and younger. And it's like, absolutely. It's reaching. There are so many people who you could potentially reach. It's the same as having that, circle of influence it's you don't know who you're reaching you don't know who is looking at your content and is paying attention and i believe everyone is always paying attention and we we kind of forget that sometimes so true i mean i think of how forward you are in your business about being an anti-racist and inclusive business and how that is Mm -hmm. like on your website it's in the signature of every email you send it is everywhere and I can only imagine how many people you've called into allyship and how many minds you have opened up and and gotten people to question how they're showing up in their businesses and their lives just by having that at the forefront of all of your communications and I so mm-hmm. I so value your commitment to that and your commitment to creating spaces for conversations like this. So thank you so much, Melanie. So yeah, we'll, we will make sure everything is linked. I think I will grab that link off of you and full transcription available over on the website as usual. 
Um, but I just want to take a moment to thank you both for not just collaborating and creating the training and this program, but reaching out to me, coming on here and taking the time out of your day to chat with us because I know so many people listening are going to gain so much from this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. Outlaws.